0: Now, let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible.
1: They have their own dialects, the different tribal dialects. Not just, you think, wouldn't it be great if all the tribes spoke the same dialect? That'd make it easier, but not so. They even have subdivisions of their dialects. So he's fluent in Russian and he went to moorhead state university went to christian college in kentucky and then played basketball at moorhead state and he's he's from indiana he's a marquee so what he is this is all his they're all athletes their their dad went you know to school in indiana was a farmer it's like they're they're from indiana they're midwest family but god called him and his wife to siberia to the ministry that they have and his wife's amazing too but in the midst of those ministries that he's been there for a couple of years and all the loopholes with the Russian government and all these things he has to go through and he's there as a basketball coach. That's how he's there with his indefinite stay. But he shared a story with me where they go out to these people and they take the snowmobiles. That's, that's how they get around. And I mentioned almost everyone dies out there. They die one way or another. They die falling through ice. They die from exposure to the weather, the the lifespan is much shorter in this part of the world just due to the extreme weather and the various things that go with it, and lack of proper health care in some cases, right? I mean, it's like, it's Siberia. So he's there, and he's on a sled in a whiteout going toward the Ural Mountains, which is like the Rocky Mountains for America. The Ural separate Europe and Asia. Massive mountain chain, just like the Rockies. And they're going to a certain place to find, you know, be it these certain people following the reindeer, and it's a complete whiteout. He's on the sled with the supplies. Bang. The, the the cable snaps, and the guys on the snowmobile don't even know he's there. They don't even know it's broken. And it stops, and he's laying on the back of this sled with some gear, no GPS, in a whiteout in the middle of Siberia. He's got children just like you have children, young children, beautiful children. And he... You know, he built the house from YouTube. I told this story. He figured out how to build a house by YouTube, and they built their house. But he told me he laid out there in a whiteout on the back of that sled for over an hour thinking, this is it. This is the end. This is the end. I mean, he's a couple hundred miles from Salicard. He's nowhere near anybody or anything. He's in a whiteout on the back of a sled all by himself with the Lord, and the track of the snowmobile is filled in through the whiteout. If you've ever been in a whiteout, it's terrifying. I almost died in one in Idaho 18 years ago. It's terrifying. And he just thought, this is it. And you know, he just it was him and the Lord. And he shared with me that it was part of that whole conviction, like, you know what? God, I'm content in you. And I don't understand what's going on, but I know you got this. And if this is the end, it's been a great journey. And he surrendered his life in a new way to the Lord. And against all odds, those guys realized 40 minutes later that they didn't have the, the sled, the gear. And they went back looking and like finding a needle in a haystack, they found Dave Mark on the back of that sled waiting for him. He told me he was never so happy to see a snowmobile in his life, needless to say. But he was wrestling with God. He was all alone in a whiteout in Siberia. Thinking about his calling, his purpose, his marriage, his children, his faith, his trust, his dad who gave his life for Ukraine, his mom who's a widow, his special needs sister, his siblings that walk with the Lord, and what they're doing in different parts of the world. He just it all was all there, all alone. And with greater fervency and greater purpose, he came back from that journey. Lord, I'm yours and whatever you got. How about Hudson Taylor on the ship when it's going down on the journey to uh, the Lemuel, on the journey to China? They all thought they are going to die. Another ship did go down, lost everybody. They came into harbor. I just, when you're tossed in the South China Sea, yeah, there might be 20 people on the ship or in your group and another 10 crew or 20 crew. But man, when you all know you're going down like Paul on the ship in the Adriatic and they're going down in the book of Acts, 285 people, you might as well be alone. Your plane's going down. You might hear people screaming, but you're, you're alone. Don't resist God boxing you in to be alone. Because there's things that he wants to do in our life when we're all alone. I think for my own life, when the doctors on January 1st 1989 looked at my wife and I and said, this, your son, this baby's dead. It was all shock. But what I always remember most about that night was the fear that I could lose Jennifer, because they definitely instilled that in me right away. But I went down in the cafeteria of UCSD Medical Center. You know, in a hospital cafeteria it's pretty active at four in the afternoon, but at four in the morning there was nobody there. I'll never forget it. It's as if it's like I I have it all in my mind. I can just tap the file. I was all alone in that cafeteria, just me and the Lord. What most people don't know, Jennifer certainly knows it, I was plotting my exit from ministry at that time. I'd given a year, Sunriders, Calvary Chapel Vista. I'm like, this is not for me. (laughs) I I signed up to lead not to be crucified. Like, I've done one year of ministry. I'm like, I'm putting in for a transfer. I'm looking for a job with Billabong or whoever. But <laughs> I can't do this. And in my heart, in the deepest recesses, I was plotting this whole plan to get out of ministry. But you know when you're alone at four in the morning in a hospital and your son is going to be born dead? You suddenly have perspective on things that matter and things that don't. And you're wrestling with God. Two days later, holding him, committing him to the Lord. God, you're the king. Taking down the baby room. God, you're the king. Casting his remains there at Army Navy Academy in the ocean with my wife. God, you're the king. So what would you have me do? And every time I feel discouraged in ministry, I just go back to those things I learned wrestling with God January 1st and 2nd. And the first two weeks of the year in 1989. You know, it makes it extra hard with my mom passing She always sent us a card. The only person. She knew. My mom died alone. I'd redo that week. I would definitely redo Christmas Day, the day after Christmas, and the day. You know, my mom went in on Christmas Day, got out of the hospital went to Mass and took communion, and then just imploded within internal bleeding. Went back to the emergency room on the Friday, because remember, Christmas was a Wednesday. So she went home Thursday, went to Mass, and then her body just completely broke down Friday, went back to the hospital. And she faced it. That last 24 hours all by herself. And I kicked myself for not being there, except I think, you know what, God? You had a plan with my mom. In her last 24 hours, that was you and her. Alone, wrestling with God. Alone. We don't come on the mat with God, with friends. The church boys from Calvary don't bring all their friends from different weight classes, and you get out there with Servite, and you got everybody. No, it's you and the Lord. And it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan in Jacob's life. It's all part of the plan in our life. I mean, there's Jacob by himself, and all of a sudden, there's this man like... Now, my favorite wrestler in the world is Jake Harmon from Calvary Chapel. And Jake Harmon's like a big, burly guy, and his ears are mangled, you know, and he's always, like, trying to do things. I'm like, Jake, it hurts. Stop, you know? And, you know, wrestlers do stuff like that, you know? And it's like... Can you imagine being yourself and you're facing eternity and you're facing all your fears and suddenly here he is, the Lord. Is it a theophany? Is it an appearance of Christ? Is it an angel of the Lord? Now, we're told no man can see God and live, but Jacob says, I've seen the Lord. So it's obviously Jesus or an angel representing the Lord. Either way, do you want to wrestle with an angel? But the amazing thing is Jacob prevailed in the wrestling match. We see that. But he was alone. He's so alone and said, so like, oh, God, do you hear me? And all of a sudden, like, here's this man. It's like it's the son of man. It's like J- Joshua, when he's going to conquer Jericho. And he's like, the command of the Lord comes before him. He's like, are you for us or against us? And no, but as the command of the Lord's army, I've now come. And Joshua falls on his face, wrestling with God. submitting to God's plan. You're going to march seven times. Do it this way. But we also see in wrestling with God the key element that comes from wrestling with God, the key objective to be accomplished in wrestling with God, woman or man, young or old, is found in verse 26, where God says, let me go for the day breaks. Now, that's like when you wrestle with your grandkids, like I wrestle with uh, Velzy. Like, Velzy loves to wrestle with me. He sees me, he's like, and I, like and I chew on his, on his calf and I grab his feet, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm like, you know, wrestling, it's like, but he, he, he thinks he's strong, you know, he just, he, he kind of grinds into me, you know, and it's like, I'm obviously the superior power in wrestling with a one-year-old, all <laughs> right, okay, I think we can establish that. The Lord's always a superior power in wrestling with any human being that goes without saying, but yet Jacob's like winning, like, like a dad wrestling with a son. Oh, you, you got me, Timmy. You got me, Luke. Oh, oh, oh okay, uncle, uncle. Like, you know, t- I'm tapping out for you. But you really know that the father's the stronger or the mother's the stronger. And yet, it'd be like me saying to Velzy, Velzy, let me go, let me go. <laughs> but then Velzy would say, not until you bless me. When you wrestle with God, there is one key objective. You come out of it with the blessing. You cry out for that blessing, whatever it's meant to be, and you receive that blessing. And I would say you claim that blessing, you receive it, and you apply it, and you go forward with it for the rest of your life. Because when the, when the angel of the Lord, when God himself wrestles with you at Peniel, at the defining moment of your life, And you're all alone, and suddenly it's you and the Lord, and all the time and space stand still, and you might as well be on in another galaxy, and God's wrestling with you, and you're wrestling, you're wrestling with men, and you've wrestled with men and Laban and your brother and all these other people, and you've got you can go all night, and then and then you realize like you're winning, but you're realizing the way you really win is not by continuing to strive but to surrender. And you receive the blessing. All those plans that Jacob had, all the wit and wisdom to organize things and get the bowl, bowl of beans for the birthright, trick dad, get this, do this, Laban absorb it. He burned me for seven years. And just all these different plans and the fleeing and the running, all these different things. And here's just like this wrestling match. And he, and he says, I'm not gonna let you go till you bless me. And the blessings that Jacob, as I mentioned earlier, was after were not the blessings of the temporal, but the blessings of the eternal, the blessings of the kingdom, the blessings that were promised to Abraham, the blessings that were promised to his father Isaac, the blessings that are transferred to him, the blessings that would go to his twelve sons, becoming the tribes of Israel, the blessings that would run through Judah to the house of David, all that Jesus Christ come into the world to bless the world. For in Him, all nations will be blessed, and the blessing of Jesus Christ coming through the nation of Israel in the line of Judah and the house of David through the Virgin Mary is not the blessings to establish a kingdom that conquers Rome and the world or the blessings of all these temporal things that get left behind and disputed over when people are gone. The blessings of the angel of God wrestling with Jacob are the blessings of the kingdom, the blessings of the promises. And I'm not letting go till you bless me. And when you wrestle with God in a hospital cafeteria at 4 a.m., on the back of a sled in a whiteout in Siberia, in the open ocean, in a plane that's landing without landing gears, like my in-laws just three weeks ago in Vero Beach, small Cessna, landing gears don't come down, I think you'd be thinking about life. (laughs) That trip to Jacksonville to teach at that church Took on a whole new meaning. Oh, the insta posts were all up there. Here's, the, here's flying in the Cessna, posting it, flying over Vero Beach, and suddenly we get the prayers. This plane has no landing gears. You rethink everything. There might be four of you on that plane, but you might as well be alone when you're landing without landing gears. And you get the blessing. You come off that plane that skidded all the way down the runway at Fort Pierce Airport. You come off that plane and you walk off that plane with the blessings the blessings of deeper, stronger, farther, greater with the Lord Jesus Christ for time and for eternity. When you wrestle with God, oh God, please don't just plane crash. Oh God, Nate, oh the boys, what are they gonna do? Shane, oh God, the daughter-in-laws, I haven't seen any grandkids. All the things you'd be thinking if you're Christy Gallagher in that plane. Send out the prayer requests. We're all praying. You guys, some of you got those prayer requests. They came fast and furious. Next thing you know, we're posting stuff like the emergency landing, fire crews. Greg, Greg McKeown, the fireman, goes, perfectly executed, you know, like, because he did fire crew safety at John Wayne Airport. You know, I'm like, thank you, Greg. You know, your professional opinion. I appreciate that. Uh, but you, you, you got to walk away from that. You can't be the same. You cannot be the same when you walk away from that Cessna three weeks ago. And the things that might frustrate you, no one will buy our house or no one's got grandkids yet or whatever, they mean nothing. Just let it go and walk away. Get back on that snowmobile hooked up properly with a greater sense of the blessings of what life is really about for time and eternity. Get more of the Spirit. Get more of the Word. Get more of the power and go after it. I don't think I told you this, but when I was in Russia and I went to The monastery from the Russian Orthodox Church in the 1200s next to the Kremlin, not the Moscow Kremlin, but Kremlin means fortress, the Kremlin there on the Volga River. And they dealt with the Mongols. They dealt with the Finns and all these kingdoms that tried to conquer them from the north and stuff. But I thought of those priests and there were things in there that had been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I thought if, if I lived 600 years ago and I'm Russian, I'm one of these guys, man. I'm a priest. I'm one of these guys. And they had the holy water there for drinking. And uh, a grown-up Catholic, you would never drink the holy water. By the way, St. Francis even says at the door, do not drink the holy water. If you're at the memorial, you might have caught that on the way out. Just don't drink holy water. I would double-dip it, but I'd never drink it. But there in the monastery, they got the water. And, you know, the Russian Orthodox is very similar to Catholics without the pope, if you will, and that kind of stuff. And... um, so there's a holy water, and they have cups for the holy water, and it says, receive the blessing. I mean, I grabbed the water, I filled it up, and I, I, I tapped it out, and I put it down, and I just prayed a prayer for baptism of the Holy Spirit for all of you, for all of Russia, for the church, for the kingdom, and all the power and the glory. Because I want to get the blessings. I thought, I may never be here again. I'm on the Volga River in this monastery that has seen so much come and go. All the funerals, the deaths, the heartaches, the marriages, the dreams, the baby dedications, and whatever I'm here. I'm part of this. I'm drinking the water. You wrestle with God. You come away with all the blessings and all the lessons he wants to teach you from that situation. And the last thing is you got to be different. The Lord said to him, what is your name? course, God knows his name, right? You're like, what is your name? Before I formed in the womb, I knew you. It's like, what is your name? It's Jacob. It's Jacob. He says, no longer will your name be Jacob. Your name will be Israel, which means prince of God. Now, we know that Jacob's name it means heel grabber because he grabbed his brother's heel coming out as twins. He literally grabbed the heel. And even Esau said, boy, he's the perfect name. He stole my birthright. He stole the blessing. Rightly named heel grabber is he. But after 20 years with Laban and now wrestling with the Lord, the sacrifice of the Lord, the confirmation of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, all these things greeting him in the promised land. Esau come with 400 soldiers wrestling with God all night. What is your name? Verse 27, he says, Jacob, heel grabber. And then the Lord said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, prince of God. For you have struggled with God and men and have prevailed. I've been saying this about Jacob. There's a lot to be said about Jacob just for his passion and his desire to get all that God had for him. He wanted all of it. I think so often we settle for less than it, But he wanted all of it. And he dealt with contention. He dealt with difficult things. And he faced them. But God says, you know, heel grabber, you've wrestled with men and God. But from now on, you're going to be called Prince of God. And that's an elevation. That's an upgrade. It's like Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. We get these upgrades in the Bible. Simon to Peter, you know your assignment for now and you'll be called Peter, Petros Rock. See, the wrestling with God is alone. The wrestling with God is to get the blessing. And the wrestling with God is to never be the same. And in this case, it's a new name. Never the same. It's a new name. It's a new name. No longer will your wives or your kids or your grandkids say, there's grandpa, the heel grabber. They'll say, there is grandpa, grandpa, Prince of God. There's great-grandpa, Prince of God. There's my husband, heel-grabber. No, there's my husband, Prince of God. And it's not your husband saying, hey, honey, from now on, don't call me heel-grabber. Call me Prince of God. It's God saying, hey, call your husband Prince of God because he's not heel-grabber anymore. He's Prince of God. I've changed him. I pinned him when he thought he was pinning me He cried for the blessings. I gave him the blessings. And now he has a new name because he has a new nature and he's not the same. And that's a testimony, isn't it? Isn't that what a testimony is? I was this. I encountered the Lord. I became that. And this is what God's done in my life. That's a great glory, harvest crusade testimony. This is what my life was like before Christ. This is how I came to Christ, my wrestling with God. This is my life after Christ. New name. For if anyone be in Christ, there are new creation. all things have passed away. And Saul, Saul, it's hard to kick against the goats, becomes Paul, the apostle. Don't call me Saul, call me Paul. I am no longer the persecutor, but now I'm the persecuted. I'm no longer fighting against Christ. I'm standing for Christ and fighting the good fight for Christ as well. Wrestling with God, left alone with God, for the purposes of God in our lives, it's you and the Lord be surrounded by all those people in your last day. Even if I've been by my mom's side, she still has to transcend that flying solo, just like I will, just like you will. Get the blessing and get the transformation. Do not come away from the mat with the living God and be the same person that stepped onto the mat. Amen? Do not come away from the mat of wrestling with God, being the same woman that went out on that mat. You must be different. You must get the name change. You must be a better version of who you're meant to be through the blessings and the promises of God applied to your life. The women, the men, the young, the old. Because all that wrestling with God is to bring us to salvation, to redemption, and to bring us to greater fruit and greater growth in all things that God has for our life. When my mom came back from the dead two years ago, when they read her her last rites, the priest at Tri City Hospital, fourth floor, she was a goner, and she's saying, "I thirst, I thirst, I thirst." It was like Jesus on the cross, middle of the night. I'll never forget it. And the doctor said she's not going to make it another twenty four hours. Told my brother she's going to pass. I went home to her house, came back in the morning. She's wide awake, says, It's Tuesday. You've got a Bible study tonight, and my trash bill's late. And the priest just left. He read me my last rites. So he didn't do a good job. But he needs practice. We all do. Now go home and teach the Bible study tonight, and I'll go pay my trash bill. And my mom came back from wrestling with God for the two best years of her life that I've ever seen. My mom was a completely different person when she came back from the grave two years ago. Completely different. And I'm so glad I was a part of all the conversations that, of what God did in her life, seeing how much she loved my dad, how God kept her alive to, to make things right with my dad, who she had divorced many years before, but always still friends, to show kindness to my dad, to receive forgiveness, to show forgiveness. My mom was not the same. That's the legacy of my mom's last two years. I certainly want to be the legacy that comes from my life over the last few weeks of what I've been through and all the things that I face in the future and all the things that you face in the future. Because I don't think we're done wrestling with God. We still have many bridges, rivers, fords to cross.